All right, welcome to the Faces Podcast. It's your boy, the real Mike Wilson. I am here with JB. JB, tell me about yourself, real quick. What's going on? Hope to the Young Whippers Never Podcast. JB, I know who it is. We back with another one. <laughs> so, Faces, the podcast is the podcast that in which we dissect the book of uh, Faces by mm. me, Michael E. Wilson Jr. Absolutely. And if you want to support and get Faces, you can get it from Amazon. If you don't, doesn't matter because you're going to hear the stories right here live on the podcast. Facts. And with that said, I am a writer, poet, MC, individual, human being with blood in their veins. Um, <laughs> so, you know, I just want to be very, very specific. Interesting. In, interesting <laughs> human being you're listening to people. Uh, and so today's story from the book is actually the second story from the book called Hostile Love. And Hostile Love, I, I would say the theme of that is it's about a person who you think is imperfect and maybe they think is imperfect mm. but everyone else is enamored by them and wow. so my opening thought and question to you jermaine is mm. have you ever known someone or do you know someone you don't have to say their name if you don't want to beef who you it, it, i feel like it's less about liking the individual and more just about what the individual represents that you disagree with that you believe other people give too much credibility to I, I say that out loud, and I'm thinking of individuals who hate, like Joe Rogan, for example, mm. since we're podcasting, yeah, right? Because he's right. kind of a piece of shit. Um, <laughs> but, like, that kind of thing. Like, is yeah. there an individual who you just don't care much for, for a numerous amount of reasons, mm-hmm. that everyone else seems to love? You know, I, I, have, I have several stories about that, especially in, 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 when you go through school, mm. especially in high school, you would see, you would see a particular dude. How he how he move how he carry himself. Oh yeah, those high school dudes. I, I actually do relate to that statement. There was a few cats, including my boy Scott. I hated my boy Scott. <laughs> this isn't my question. Scott, love you. <laughs> well, he knows this because we've been very honest with each other over the years. But when we first met, fourteen years old, he was like this really cool, quiet kid with all the fly sneakers. Mm-hmm. All the girls wanted him. He had zero personality. He'll kill me wow. for saying that. But, like, this was a dude that like cut class like every day and all this other stuff like there was one year i think he showed up in class every day around 1 p.m like wow. it was really bad and mm. the woman flocked to this man man <laughs> he's not coming to school on time coming to school late it's, it's something about maybe the bad maybe not the bad guy but the guy that's doing something differently the guy doing something differently okay and he's doing something out of, out of pocket he's doing something that made my you know that everybody wants to do, but not bold enough to do it. Fair. You know, Scott has been considered by many women very mysterious mm. and, like, hard to figure out. Mm. And uh, I think he still struggles with that. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Scott. Again, we do love you. You know, I'm just fucking Appreciate you, you, my guy. <laughs> Remember, I'm not saying this. JB is not saying this. This JB's is your not, guy. definitely Mike. <laughs> but do you... So you mentioned people in high school, which, again, brought me to that Yes. Yeah, so so you, you definitely see people. And then as you, as you, you know, go even at work... You might see a certain certain staff member like, motherfucker ain't even doing his job right. Yeah, not giving this man so much love. Like who? <laughs> I'm just trying to get you in trouble. My guy, <laughs> my guy. You, you just reminded me. So I received an email from a coworker mm-hmm. in regards to the last thing okay. um, about uh, the first story, Dirty Laundry, about having a roommate. And I just want to read that real quick. Okay, read it. All right, cool. So years ago, this is from Alex R., he mm. said, years ago, I lived with I uh, lived with another male roommate who was pretty active in the dating scene. At least three times a week, a different female was plopped on the sofa eating what was food that I have bought 
for the week. That's the least of the issue that presented itself with this gigolo of a roommate. The constant noise heard through the walls which was on the other side of my room. So much moaning would keep me up all night, but it wasn't coming from the female. And that's what Alex <laughs> said to us. My man, his roommate was, he had himself some biddies. He had himself some uh, ladies in the street, but freaks in the bed. <laughs> so I want to thank Alex wow. R for sending that. It's one of our coworkers. And again, if you ever want to send uh, any stories or something, a paragraph about one of the themes, please do. Uh, but to, yeah, to speak on that. Oh, though. please do. Don't God, let me. First stop of all, you. God bless you, Alex R. Okay. You know, we all appreciate you. Um, but that that I I ain't gonna lie to you. If I'm only hearing him, oh, yeah, I'm gonna have to talk to you about that. <laughs> <laughs> this is it's different when you're hearing a woman, <laughs> but when you hear like a man moaning, oh, yeah, oh, uh, but, no, so no, no, no. I, I love collaborating with JB because that that cackle you heard from me was so genuine. You should have seen his face just expressing his distaste. Yeah, I, that would be a serious. Like, bro, you gotta hold it down, bro. You can't hold it in. Like, dude. put a sock in your mouth. Dude. <laughs> Facts. You got a gag or some shit. Do some you shit. Want to gag? Put a fucking mouthpiece in your mouth, dude. Look, look like an athlete. <laughs> Oh man, man. I still love man. Yeah. <laughs> so with that said, <laughs> again, this story is hostile. I just love that. I love that response. Uh, this story that we're sharing with you today is hostile love. Uh, yeah, we're just going to get right into it, and we'll come back and hear what JB has to say. Hostile love. I met him at a hostel in Brooklyn. A tall, slender man with a dark face and a smoking mouth. He always had a blunt between his lips and a glass of liquor in his hand. His eyes were always thinking, his voice discerning. He smiled all the time. His name was Maurice, a New Englander. He had moved to Brooklyn with his Irish wife to inhale the rising rents, gang violence, and coffee shops. I was his best friend, not in all the world, but in New York. He had a best friend, but I forget his name. Maurice, like everyone else who moved to Brooklyn, was a musician. His music was aquatic, and though he made hip-hop, it sounded like drowning stories about the high life. The soundtrack to Poseidon's speakeasy, fish-only shindigs, if you will. I was never really a fan of his music, not even while I was his manager, which lasted as much as two months. I was more of a silent spectator. Claudia was his love, but she wasn't his wife. That was Chloe. Chloe was slim and tanned. She was a dancer, but she rarely smiled. I could never make her laugh. She would just turn her nose up at me and look away. Claudia was a curvy woman with a sore face and beautiful eyes. She called me by my surname and it always made me fall for her. Maurice and Claudia bonded over chord progressions, lyrics, and catchy pop hooks. They started by simply discussing music and swiftly began writing songs together. I never saw them kiss, though I'm sure they did. Not even after Maurice left Chloe did I see any obvious signs of affection. They both spoke to me about their love for one another, and that was all the indication I needed. Isabella Valeria, who we called Bella, was another roommate of ours. She was a beautiful Spanish girl and a dancer, too. Bella was a shy woman with a curvaceous figure, much more modest than Claudia's, which I preferred. I truly loved Bella. I remember teaching her how to play Call of Duty. She called it Call of Duty, like some weird soca remix. When she first moved in, traveling from Spain to New York to take special dance classes, she was rather depressed. Back in Europe, she was in love with a man. He left her for another woman. Her heart was broken and she flew 3,500 miles to fix it. 
I offered to take her on dates, but she preferred playing Call of Duty online. She never gave me a chance. Say love you. Hey, what's going on? It's The Real Mike Wilson, and I have to interrupt the story very briefly to tell you about my upcoming EP. It's called In Lieu Of, and it's a three-track EP about freedom, love, and just letting go. Look out for In Lieu Of by The Real Mike Wilson, that's me, streaming on your favorite platform on June 10th. We all lived in the hostel on Green Avenue in Bed-Stuy. My days were spent cleaning the rooms and making up beds. I never made up the girls' beds. They were usually home during the day. They stayed on the top floor. Maurice, Chloe, and I shared the room on the second, next to another room that kept other guests we weren't that close to. All but one. I don't recall his name, but a French accountant stayed with us. He was a nice man, and he was very encouraging. I always invited him to hang out with us or to see me DJ. He declined every offer with a smile that could kill cancer. He was always typing away on his laptop, and he mostly stayed in his room, but when he did speak, he always had the nicest things to say. One day while I was cleaning the kitchen, he came down with his computer and we began to speak. I was grieving over someone, Bella. I had to express my infatuation with her. She didn't share my interest. Maurice came down while the Frenchman and I were talking. I expressed my dilemma. The Frenchman comforted me with words much like a father. Maurice was quiet and stale and kind of stared at me. Uh, Bella? She likes me. I'm sorry, dude. What do you mean? Aren't you married to Chloe? Aren't aren't you in love with Claudia? Yeah. Well, me and Chloe are getting a divorce. And me and Claudia are going to try and make this work. Bella just told me the other day she likes me, but I turned her down. I told her I only like Claudia, and she begged me to be with her. She even started crying. So, Claudia, Chloe, and Bella wanted to be with you? Well, Chloe is tired of my shit, but she wants to work on things. But I'm down with Chloe, though. She's been holding me back, you know what I mean? Me and Claudia, we have a connection. It goes beyond the music. We just click, you know? I was confused and offended. I was a 23-year-old man living in a house with two single women and one to be divorced woman. None of them were interested in me. Somehow, they were all in love with Maurice. I pondered over this for a while. I think I fell silent at that moment. I've been single for over four years. I lived with two beautiful women and was turned down by one and the other never considered me a serious contender. Was there something wrong with me? Claudia spoke very highly of me all the time. She would waltz into a room with a curtsy and sing my praises. By now, I was Bella's best friend. I introduced her to her favorite pastime, stayed up late with her to talk about life, and was a personal jester. I made it my job to keep her entertained. The shock that she had no interest in me, in, in fact, had more interest in a married man with a girlfriend, made me feel like a subsidiary race, like the moment or a right-wing politician. What made Maurice so special? Why wasn't I special? Maurice and I played Sherlock and Watson. We looked for clues everywhere. One night, when he was both drunk and high, which was every night, he admitted to me that I was a better man. Imagine that. A cloud nine drunkard, the wisest of the Western world. I didn't believe him. It took me some time to be convinced. After about a year, he and Claudia broke up. He got with Bella's best friend a year later, another dancer from Spain, perusing the States. He never gave Bella a shot. Chloe did her own thing, whatever that was. I wasn't her friend, so I don't know what became of her. What I didn't know was that Maurice wasn't perfect. He was just playing the part. 
The charming smile, the sense of attention, and the confidence were all being rented out by the poor sap 24-7. It's not that he wasn't these things, but that he tried so hard to be them that he felt like a living contradiction. I had no reason to envy him. His perfection was the root to all his problems. The world's most interesting man is just a man after all. All right, so that was Hostel Love, uh, JB. I know there's a lot to unpack there. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, this I'll just have to say as an opening that as a lived experience, that shit was weird. Mm, definitely, <laughs> so, definitely. So I'm definitely looking forward to your thoughts and questions on it. So first, before we get into your questions, what's your first thought on the story in general? It definitely compares to, man, I, so... They all, to me, they all know you're a good man. They all know you show interest to one. Yes, Mrs. Mrs. Bella. Oh, uh, and the way you, the way you, the way you explained her in in the story, and the way you told me, yeah, outside the story in real nigga talk. <laughs> Was. We keep the real nigga talk for the Patreon supporters. <laughs> <laughs> you have to pay for the real nigga talk. <laughs> so that was like a, 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 from Spain. I ain't gonna lie to you. Uh oh. When I went to Kingsburg, I went to college. Yep. And it was like you know, there's different cultures that 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 stay with each other. <laughs> Maybe like the Russians, the mm-hmm. um, uh, the Europeans, the blacks. Da, 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 da. But when you look at the Spain girls. And you know they were Spain. They talking. They talking proper, whatever that shit is. Different, Spanish, it's, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> proper, whatever that. Shit they're talking is. to. They, it, it, but it's, it seems it sounds more. It's, it's like a different type of fluentness to it. Okay, gotcha. Um, but the the women were scrum diddly umptious. <laughs> <sighs> but one of them, I wanted to wanted to explain on hostel. Like I never experienced uh, that type of living. Break that down. So to us. a hostel <clears throat> is. So think of an Airbnb. Okay. It's like a Airbnb where instead of the owner kind of living there, it's like a and the owner I guess could, but there's individuals who kind of live there and they take care of the um, what do you call a person who goes to a hotel guest? Okay, uh, yeah. they take care of the guests and by take care of the guests, I mean that they clean up mm-hmm. behind them. They might provide like uh, complimentary breakfast or something with okay. them. Um, they'll like make up the beds behind them and stuff like that. Gotcha. So. For me, I ended up at the hostel uh, because at the time, um, we had been removed from the projects Mm -hmm. and I needed a place to be. Mm -hmm. And so my mother and my sister had found a place, Mm -hmm. but my homie Sasha at the time, she was like, all right, this is kind of a temporary solution, but just so you're not on the street, here's this hostel that needs some people. And that's how I ended up working at the hostel. And up until that moment, I didn't know what a hostel was. So when I, I was introduced... To a hostel when I started working at one. Mm, yeah. Okay, okay. I'm guessing that um, it was great working where you lived in a. In a, in a... Uh, no, uh, this was not a salaried position. In fact, oh. the idea. So I okay. have a friend who's a super in the building, um, okay. and I've known some supers, and there's different levels of being a super, right? There's supers who have salaries and also have their place. Okay. But then there's also supers where the payment is pretty much them living in the space got you and so that's what it was like for me except i didn't have a bedroom or whatever i actually shared a bump bed with a married couple 
Ooh. I know, another bump that story. Wow. <laughs> Can imagine that one, them sounds. Oh, I will. I, I'm so glad to be able to say this that I never experienced never. exactly what you just implied. Oh, okay. And God I lived bless there you. for about a year, but no, I never experienced them having sex near me, which is great. They probably just, you know what? Thank God, man. Bless them, man. They I, mean, I think hear they that. hated each other enough. I think. Mm, that too. <laughs> I think there's enough in the story to let you know that by the time I got there, that they were definitely not seeing eye to eye. Uh, so they definitely weren't seeing growing and growing. So, okay. That's a fact. <laughs> that's a fact. So Maurice, your best friend? Uh, yes, yes, yes. So married to Claudia? Chloe? Yes. So him being in the house with his wife. Yeah. While two other women are lusting. Yes, literally yes. Was that awkward for so the whole to paint the picture of? So obviously Maurice isn't his real name, but to paint the picture of Maurice, and I will keep using his fake name because he he yes. has a very interesting life. <laughs> uh, it's okay. He was around my height, maybe six one. He was a little bit taller, okay. dark skinned guy. Mm-hmm. Um, he had his hair texture was interesting because it was almost like. 1950s, 60s, black, like, comb-over, like, oh. almost jerry curled hair type joint. Gotcha. I don't know how he did that, because it definitely wasn't as kinky as mine. Mm. Um, mm. He was a slim guy. Okay. Um, like, slim almost bone stuff. slim. Yeah, almost bone slim. Um, like, not a lot of muscle on him. And he dressed, I would say, probably... I mean, essentially the way, like, Brooklyn hipster, like, tight-fitting okay. clothes type thing, whatever. Um, the reason why I wanted to create this visual... Is because, you know, I think in some ways he looked like a rapper from Brooklyn at the time. Okay. Right? He's originally okay. from Boston, but he definitely had this kind of like New York swagger thing that I think people enjoy. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, as far as it being awkward in the place, when I first moved there, essentially him and his wife had just started having issues. Mm-hmm. And the two other young ladies didn't start staying with us to a few months in. Gotcha. Right? Because people stay in, you know, for a vacation for a month, for three months, for a week, whatever. And so the two young ladies, I want to say, um, I don't want to say a real name. Which one is the one my character's interested in? What's a, what's a Bella. Name? Bella, yeah. So Bella, I think she stayed in New, uh, in New York for almost six months, okay. while Claudia actually stayed in New York for maybe three. Okay. So like they kind of came in at different places because they didn't know each other, but everyone became cool as we were there. And so when they showed up, it was really like that thing was ending for him anyway. Mm-hmm. And then him and um, Claudia started connecting okay. in general. And then the thing with Bella, she just kind of fell into that at some place. But again, he didn't show that interest back. So for her, it was pretty awkward because she just got her heart broken again. Jeez. Yeah. So, is it, and I've always heard this about married men. Oh. They get more women as they're married. So I saw such an interesting Instagram or TikTok shit. Mm-hmm. about how men who are in relationships or married or whatever, mm-hmm. uh, they've gained and garnered the trust of a woman, which for another woman makes them feel safe, mm-hmm. which is why many women go for dudes who are in relationships. Gotcha. Um, and I'm not going to use that as a fact because I have no idea, but mm-hmm. I thought it was an interesting perspective a woman shared. And thinking on it, at least from that perspective, whether mm-hmm. or not it's true, uh, it actually kind of makes a lot of sense that, you know, men are these kind of like, e- essentially the idea of us in nature, like these gotcha. these guys who are animalistic, so to speak, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Especially when you look at it on the sexual nature, we just want the pussy, per se. It's kind of like the way we're painting. 
okay. <laughs> uh, but if you look at it from that space and then you see a man who's like a father, uh, yeah. who, you know, has a wife, who has a partner, who's, you know, dedicated to that kind of thing, mm-hmm. then it feels like, oh, that's the thing I want and yeah. I can get it from that person. Yeah, if I, yeah, yeah. yeah. I um, definitely do see that, how, how women could see a, see a woman with a good man and be like, maybe if... I kind of like veered towards him and he finds me more attractive. Absolutely. He might just want to. Absolutely. Now, to be clear, we're not implying that that's what women think. We're just using the information that I received from a social media post as a way to communicate a concept. (laughs) I don't necessarily believe that old women do that. Not all. (laughs) Not all. We know Jermaine's opinion on this. Definitely not all women do that. But, you know. But I do. I can see the validity and the idea that that's why that happens. Got you. So, so you said Bella was in a long term relationship and was heartbroken. And yeah. In that in that time, you taught her how to do some things, and you tried to you know make your move while showing that you was a very comforting man. Yeah. Um, showing how to play Call of Duty, aka Caladetti. <laughs> so you say, and you also said you you know you shot your shot. Yeah. Um, what do you think was the? What do you think didn't connect for her? And, well, I mean, in my modern, like, understanding of it, mm. um, she just didn't like me. Gotcha. Right? That shit happens. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think what I what I felt back then was, uh, you know, coming from a place of almost being, like, street homeless. Gotcha. And then coming from, you know, uh, which I'm sure you've written down, but uh, the idea of having been single for so long and just literally wanting to... Definitely going to touch that topic. <laughs> Uh, just literally wanting to connect with a person right. and, you know, finding this person who I was attracted to, who mm-hmm. I had fun talking to, who, you know, we played Call of, du- uh, Call of Duty, Call of Duty. Duty. Um, <laughs> and, you know, I kind of introduced it to her in, in the story. I say it became her favorite pastime. It literally did. She just kind of did that all the time. I think it helped her get over what was going on with her. Uh, and then in retrospect, she did just come out of a relationship with a man that she loved very much gotcha. who left her and then literally started a family with some other woman and i can only imagine how painful that must have been for her so i mean one she might not have been in place to date now i know that she ended up being interested in maurice but again maurice Mm -hmm. had someone interested already in him and then he had a wife so looking at it from that social media post perspective it's like well maybe that was really the whole picture like he was just a safe option while Mm. i was this single dude who maybe just wanted to ravage her pussy, for mm, example. Gotcha. Right? Gotcha. Um, and even though I might have been what I felt like was more physically there, more emotionally there, that wasn't necessarily, I think, what one, she thought she wanted, or two, um, the way maybe she even perceived what was happening. You know, gotcha. I might have just been courting her. Gotcha. You know, just throwing my, like, you know, I think some birds have, like, colorful feathers and shit. That that's, might have been what I was just doing. I just showing an appearance of an idea as opposed to being genuine. Because I think people feel that way and think that about people sometimes, too. So, like I was saying, oh, Maurice definitely had a... He was, uh, he was an artist. Uh, he was a rapper. So, there was definitely maybe that, that type of... That type of appeal that he had. That type of aroma. Yeah. Of the... You know, rappers, you know, they get all, you know... That's what they say. That's what they say. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, maybe that kind of, like... But I will say, my ex would say all the time, especially me as an artist, um, I think this is weird. Even with me, with modern dating, actually, Mm -hmm. I think it's kind of a problem that uh, 
because I am an artist, I am expected to be this person who just like gets a woman Correct. and lives in that, enjoys that, yeah. and I'm almost untrustworthy from that perspective. Uh, I, I feel like I actually, which is crazy to me, because I feel like I struggle with that with uh, that persona placed on me when yeah. it's like so far from the truth. Gotcha. I'm like, I just want to know one person to be chill with them. Yeah. Um, but Maurice, I think, definitely also gave off that vibe for sure. Just mm-hmm. thinking about him, he definitely gave off that vibe. Got you. You know what? I was I was gonna say something like, and and you were right. Just because somebody said, just because I'm an artist doesn't mean I'm I'm getting that, uh, getting that type of uh, attention. Cause I remember um, I remember I was talking to a homeboy. He was talking to a female, and she was type of she would you know sexualize herself online a lot mm-hmm. and put you know and but she was when he was talking, she was like, don't worry what you see online. That's not really that's not really what it is. But yeah. And I, I just was like, hmm. Yeah, that's the that's the. That's the package you're selling. It's yeah. not necessarily the person. Facts. Yeah, and I think that's real true talk. for a lot of artists in general. Mm-hmm. Like real know? talk, real shit. Real yeah, we're shit. dynamic people. Each one of us are dynamic people, and I think artists are allowed to have that. Uh, there's a better word I want to use. I can't think of the word. But mm-hmm. we're allowed to have that level of being introspective, that mm-hmm. level of being broad. Because every human being is, and that mm-hmm. should extend to an artist as well. What you see on uh, i guess tiktok or youtube or mtv mm-hmm. which i'm sure don't even do music anymore gotcha. um but whatever you see on that platform that shows the artist artistry mm-hmm. isn't all of what the artist is it's just a portion of them got you yeah and, and one thing i also had to offer these two stories that we were good we're doing um you've met interesting people oh yeah <laughs> the face he made just now oh my god but it also has made you a and knowing you for a minute now, a unique, a unique human being. Oh, I appreciate that. That's well, a very kind way to put it. Yeah, definitely, you, life is interesting. Life is interesting, and I think you know some people are able to just grab certain experiences, mm. adapt it, adjust, mm. and to not take from it, but from learn from it. And I think you do it in such a good way. I I really appreciate you saying that. And I just you can see it, man. Yo. You, Life experiences was real. <laughs> no, I super appreciate you saying that because sometimes, um, so, I mean, I, I guess I've been in therapy for almost a year now. Okay. Uh, I don't know Healthiness, if it's been a full yes. year yet. But the reason why I mention it is because I've had to process a lot of these past experiences. Mm. Um, so writing it is one form of therapy, but then like actually talking it through and being honest about what it was, why it was, Got you. Um, is really important as well. And what I've learned from that is that, like you said, it did make me who I am, but there's also certain patterns that kind of come up mm-hmm. and like why those patterns come up and, you know, whether it be based on family or whatever other shit. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I find it really fascinating now because a lot of those different things created really bad patterns. Okay. And then okay. some of those things created empathy and understanding for human beings overall got you and as i work through the bad patterns and understand that better i'm able to get more empathy got you You know like for example parents right Mm. we all have something with a parent or both parents absolutely um but as you get older and you start to really think about it you're like man that's a human being who didn't know better just like me Um, and i think that's one of the biggest takeaways of all my experiences in Mm. general is that every time i look at something like looking at maurice now I'm like, oh, no, I get that. Mm-hmm. You know, I understand it a lot better, even from when I wrote it. Yeah. Um, because I was able to process it differently as an adult. Wow. Interesting. Yeah. I'm telling you, people, you got to tune in. <laughs> you got to tune in, man. You, you're sitting here listening to a man that is, you know, interesting from head to toe. Mm. Ladies, you know, tune you know in. What I'm saying? 
You know Email me mean? at the real Mike Wilson mail at gmail.com. <laughs> Spicy. <laughs> um, and you know what? To cap, in, the way I look at it is, it's like a good man in the house with a guy that has a has a, a, a aroma. It's almost like saying good men finish last. Maybe. I mean, I do think that that's the the general consensus on it. Um, and. I don't know. I think I think the dude in me wants to be like, yeah, right. Mm. Women don't get it, right? Because that's just what we're supposed to do. But again, I think kind of processing a lot of these things. I mean, mm. they just were not interested. And the women who have just been interested, mm-hmm. the stories look and sound a lot different. Gotcha. Um, and I think having space for that understanding is necessary because mm-hmm. um, it's really easy to feel victimized in the dating scene as, as a male mm. uh, or female or anyone in between um you know feeling victimized because of the way you were perceived or treated by other people but the fact of the matter is is that when you're in the right space you meet the right mm-hmm. people and correct. you have the right experiences correct and that was not a space i wanted to be in it was a space i needed to be in mm-hmm. uh and it was definitely dating should not have even really been on my mind but we're humans so gotcha wow you know what mike Eric, the, the real Mike Wilson. <laughs> I'm here all week. Man, please tune in every day. <laughs> um, so, to touch on this one little thing before, before we, you know, four years single. Uh-huh. Um, man, break that shit down to brothers out there that's going through four years of... Well, so it's crazy because at the time, I had been about four years single, and then that's when I started dating my ex who had like six personalities. Oh, wow. Who was depressed and all this other stuff. Um, I started dating her maybe about a year or two later. Mm-hmm. Um, but before her, I was dating uh, a girl in college. It was actually my first girlfriend. Okay. And yeah, I mean, it's really not much to say in the way of I did not find a person I had connected with who connected with me. Now, there were situationships okay. that could have and should have went certain ways. There's a story that's mm. not written uh, about a young lady. The who, smile on this face right now. <laughs> uh, because, well, you're just going to find it hilarious. But there was someone I had been interested in for a while. Okay, She expressed that she just wanted to be friends. I respected that. We remained friendships. Uh, and then, I don't know, one day I said something and mm-hmm. it like turned something on in her brain and she's like dude what's up and i'm like what do you mean what's up i thought we were chill yeah um and then from there we kind of started messing around and i was like really bored and no longer interested in this woman right so we're hanging out casually one day and then uh she's like so where do you live whatever and i'm like well off this train stop she's like we should go by your house whatever i'm like what the fuck you doing whatever Mm -hmm. so we we go back to the hospital right uh and um, Maurice sees that she's with me and I'm like yeah whatever she's like where's your room I'm like upstairs we don't need to go there though mm-hmm. and then Maurice is like yeah you know Mike it's totally cool if she stays over no big deal and right. I'm like I just like look at him I'm like what why would you say that that's not what I want <laughs> so now and I'm feeling like this pressure of like straight dude who needs to get laid I'm like okay well now I gotta do something with this girl because yeah. apparently that's what you're supposed to do and like she was super into it, and I was not. And I will tell you that to this day, it was one of the worst sexual experiences I have ever had. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> and oh. that was like the situationship that I had when I lived there, and it was terrible. It was like 
I think I told him the story the next day. I was like, bro, never again. Don't, no, oh, just don't, don't make any yeah, assumptions. Don't, yeah, please. Please. And then, you know, of course, I had to learn to be like, okay, well, this is just something I don't want to do, so I'm just not going to do it. Mm. Um, but yeah, it was terrible. <laughs> it was, and, and to go over Mike saying, you know what, when you, as a man, when you're not feeling a female, and when it's in your gut, when you're not feeling it, don't push it. No, no, don't don't follow the societal rules or whatever things that mm-hmm. you learn from people or or TV or, or whatever. Facts. Yeah, just go, go. Yeah, go with your gut. I follow JB one hundred percent on that. Yeah, I I know dudes that they be like, nah, I'm not gonna mess with that. Yeah, I'm straight. And then peer pressure sets in. Yo, just woo real quick. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. All of a sudden, you playing around with somebody you don't want to play around with. The red flags that that are red flags, you're like kind of like you know, they're like they don't it don't matter, and you're stuck with somebody until you, until you know kids happen. Yeah, and now it's a life of oh. <laughs> that sound effect. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, another interesting story: hostile living. Yeah, hostile love. love. Yep, yep. Shit. Thank you for staying along with us. I feel like uh, JB asked some really good questions. Is that all your questions? Yeah, oh, that was all my questions, people. Yes. Very cool, very cool. Yes, yes. Uh, so if you guys want to tune in for the next episode, uh, you can send an email to therealmikewilson at gmail.com, therealmikewilsonmail at gmail.com, and send us anything related to knowing a person that you don't care for, that everyone seems to like. And the next story is... Is has it been that long? Has it been that long? Which I think JB will love to talk to me about because has it been that long? Is a story about my recent ex and how we met. Oh, oh yeah. Oh. <laughs> You're gonna love that shit. Oh yes, let it happen <laughs> as fast as we can do it. So, oh. uh, so with that said, if you have had a uh, let's say budding romance with an old friend or an old acquaintance or an old lover, mm-hmm. whatever the case might be there, send us an email at the real Mike Wilson mail at gmail.com about that experience. Give me a good paragraph and I would share it just like I shared Alex R story uh, or, or paragraph about his experience with roommates. Mm-hmm. So again, that's the real Mike Wilson mail at gmail.com. What, what other in credit things do we have? Follow JB at uh, YWS Podcast One on Instagram. I believe that's YWS Podcast One on Instagram. Feel free to follow me at TRMWBK. That's at TRMWBK on Instagram. Uh, do, 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 what else? What else? I think that's it. Do you have any last things you want to say to the uh, listeners? I am looking forward to the, new, the next story. Um, guys, careful god bless you it's allergy season look forward to the next episode he's so stoic (laughs) (laughs) all right appreciate you guys and we'll see you next time on faces the podcast peace